Today is May 1st, 2020, Friday the third week of Easter, and you're tuned in to Deacons Discussing Doctrine. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Cardone Recording Studio and what we hope is a great show tonight. I'm Deacon Tim Stout. I am Deacon Dallas Kelly. I am Father Lynn Wynn. And we're just three men in the church who are in love with our faith. And this show gives us the opportunity to help spread the good news, evangelize, and maybe even catechize using this great format of podcasting. Obviously, we're new at this, and this show is evolving quickly as we take your ideas, your suggestions, and make them a part of this show. Please continue to keep your ideas, your thoughts, your likes, your dislikes, your comments flowing to us, and we promise to continue to spread the good news about Jesus Christ and his church. Deacon's Discussing Doctrine is based at Saints Francis and John Catholic Parish, a part of the Catholic Diocese of Lexington. Saints Francis and John boast over 650 families and is a growing and thriving part of the Georgetown community. Whether you are already a parishioner, a newcomer, a friend of a friend, or someone just exploring churches in our area, we hope you will find this show enjoying and informative. It is our desire that Deacon's Discussing Doctrine reflects our spirit of community and our love of Christ and neighbor. As is the case with most churches, we survive through the goodwill of our parishioners and friends through donations. If you enjoy tonight's show, please consider giving online at ssfj.org. That's ssfj.org. That link will take you directly to our online giving portal for a one-time donation as well as weekly or regular tithing. And as always, we thank you for your generosity. All right, today we're blessed to have a special guest join us via telephone here shortly, but uh, Father Jim Sitchko, who some of you may know, but hopefully we'll know a little bit more about him a little bit later, um, and learn what exactly a papal missionary of mercy really is. So we're going to get his call here shortly, but we thought we'd just jump into current events. I'm going to let Dallas go first. Well, the current event that come up today that I looked up was on the Catholic News Agency, and they have uh, the White House has contacted four U.S. bishops to get their uh, view on how to get back to normal worship services because they're the four in the United States that have gone to having public masses again. So uh, it's all in the works, but uh, we're still subject to what each state says. And I think somebody had some information about the, uh, what Governor Bashir did he pass or say something today? Uh, well, it was two days ago, and that was my current event, May 20th, Houses of Worship, which I'm, I'm assuming that's another way of saying churches, can be opened. Um, what exactly that means, I don't think we know yet, do we? We don't know yet. We actually, uh, as priests, we receive a notation from our own bishop, and he informed us don't do anything drastically, wait for him. Uh, the from gu Guidance from him, right? Guidance, okay. yes. The four bishop of the state of Kentucky is preparing to have a meeting with uh, Governor Bashir to ask in regard to this protocol. Because one of the key concerns for us has to do with very different from other worshiping, you know, other denomination that set us very much apart is receiving communion, the very body and blood of Jesus Christ, soul and divinity, and that is very important for us. 
So how would that dispense? And it's up to no, we'll see. You know, I myself have been do a lot of investigation of the diocese, especially in Texas. Uh, as begin, will begin this weekend. So your brother's parish? My brother's parish diocese. And the, 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 the governor there, Abbott, is instructed that each community will only serve per service is 25%. What's that mean? I don't know. But, in the, but for my brother alone, he had to increase on Sunday. Normally he has two masses, but now he had to do six <laughs> to accommodate that 25% concept. Well, I did hear uh, Governor Bashir say that uh, his church, I think he said, held 600 and at 50% capacity, he said 300. We don't want to do that. So capacity, just percentage of capacity, probably won't work for the Catholic Church really yeah, either. Work for Catholic Church. I mean, you know, families coming together, obviously they can sit close together, but, you know, what's that mean? First come, first serve. Yeah, yeah that, that's a, <laughs> it's a logistic nightmare when you think about it. Whatever percentage they come up with, half, 50, which 50? You know, like you said, first come, first served. <laughs> You know, you got to turn away the rest. A through D. And do do you have (laughs) six masses in a weekend? And you go, yeah, if your name begins with A through D, you'll show up at this time. They're dicey. Paris is actually use a lorry concept. It's going to be a nightmare. But, you know, I I follow a a bishop in uh, Montana, Helena, St. Helen, a dicey of Helena. And he he make an address, if very interesting, he say, the... The requirement for Sunday obligations is still suspend uh, while we're doing phase one there. And he also encouraged, you know, those who are uh, prone to the pandemic, especially the elderly, don't feel obligated. You should not go and stay home and watch viral. But no matter what you've heard, is it still the six foot, six feet? Yes. So we really haven't. We ought to look into our church, and how many will that hold? Do we know? Well, the ten. <laughs> ten people. Ten, ten people. Now, well, I mean, you think about it. So you got a family. They sit in a pew. Then you're going to skip two pews. Yeah. So, you know. So we have, basically, we have uh, 14, about 14 rows. So do the math. <laughs> it, well, you couldn't put anybody in front. Is that six feet if somebody? Two, yeah, skip two rows. Yeah. So therefore, we basically we cover what five rows. Five rows on each side. On each side. And then That's maybe not very many, is it? <laughs> a, 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 maybe a, I mean, a family or you know, maybe two six feet two people. You know, I mean, it's going to be challenging for sure. So for us, for me personally, I've been doing a lot of thinking past few days right after the announcement, which I probably require some technology concept from you or from Steve. I believe there is a technology out there you can link your viral mass in sync with your car, your radio, right? Mm. Well, I think about do something like our car dome. We have plenty of land, but we don't have enough, so, you know, be, we're not going to worship inside if we want to do that. You talk about, you have to, if that protocol is in place by the governor. Kiss the mic. We basically <laughs> has to have my God, I have to do probably, what, 15 to 20 masks on a weekend. Okay, I'm not it. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We'll wait and see. That's my current situation. But basically, we all kind of focus on this exciting news that we all been relieved. 
begin to think about May the 20th. That is a huge focus for us. Well, we, we like at the diocese right now, we anticipate what will our four bishops will discuss with, with Governor Bashir to see what what is the protocol that he expects from us, and we can... Yeah, so I did see, I'd say out of all the bishops, I, I follow all of them on Twitter. Uh, Kurtz is probably the most social uh, media uh, active. He's probably got a bigger staff, that's why. Uh, he did say... He released a statement today that basically said that, look, we're we're meeting with the governor as a group. The four bishops are um, no details at this point, but hang tight. So, I mean, fortunately for us, we've got, you know, we've got options, right? We've right. got a church. We've got Cardone. We've got big fields. We have electronic means. There's a lot of things that we can do to, to, to make it happen. To make it happen, right. But all we, we wait right now, basically, what is the protocol? So we can begin to think furthermore what we can execute properly. And when we do get back, they may be seeing us in a mask, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we we would have to wear a mask when you're reading too? We have a mask. Actually, um, would that sound something like this? <laughs> basically, in some sense, but you have to wear a mask if you go, stay closer within within six feet. So basically, uh, Diocese of Tyler, Texas, for example, I read the protocol that as priest or Eucharist minister, you have to set aside your hands before you distribute communion. And then prior to that, you have to wear a mask uh, before you can do that. Okay? Um, of course, people receive communion up there, just like do grocery line. You have to sit six feet apart before the next person coming up. So we're going to be... Oh. It's going to be challenging. Challenge, challenge, but we take on the challenges. Well, and I think, you know, there's obviously, when we talked about this last week, there's a lot of desire to get back to it. So whatever hurdles I think that we put in place, I think a lot of people will accept those in order to get yeah. the sacraments. I mean, you're going to have those who don't like it. I don't like it, but you do what you do to receive God. I mean, that's right. I did, I did read one diocese actually, and I think I shared this with you guys that, uh, they don't say the body of Christ or amen because they don't want you speaking to someone. And you use a utensil to pick up the host and to put it in somebody's hand. There you go. <laughs> that, that's time consuming. Very like, you know, try to try to imagine trying to pick up a, I can barely pick it up with my fingers sometimes, you know? Well, there are people saying out there, actually I hear this on relevant radios. Uh, the, the, when you start singing, at mass, you actually have a greater chance of transmit this this virus. So they encourage people not to sing uh, when you speak. Well, I'm glad about that because <laughs> I don't know if anybody tuned in uh, Tuesday night and heard me try to chant the Tanto Mergo. Uh, I need some help. <laughs> I just need like a note. I can never find the first couple notes and then. <laughs> And then one night, one last week, Ann Willett was there. Thank God. <laughs> right. It helps just to have one person singing, yeah, right? Just need one more person. It's always helpful. Linda Galvin says, uh, bring your own chair card home during good weather. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody bring a tape measure, right? Six, <laughs> six feet. Six feet is, is a lot bigger than you think. Yes. It's between yeah. a car. Yeah. One parking lot between. Yeah. Basically. And a lot of people in the stores don't know what six feet is. 
And I, I was in Walmart today. Went stopped at Walmart today. And the directional signs on the floor are confusing because it's one-way tra- traffic on the aisles, but then the main aisles, they want those to be one-way traffic too. But when you come to the end of an aisle, you got to go through the other lane. You have to, and, you know, you run into each other, right? I mean, that's Basically. just not a good thing. So <laughs> we're learning uh, traffic, traffic control is another thing we're learning, social distancing, traffic control inside Walmart and Home Depot and Lowe's. Well, one thing of good of the United States, traffic control, if you sit in a car, right? Great traffic. But human traffic, we learn have to learn from the Chinese. You know, some time ago, I heard that actually, for them, they actually create a walking house so they can hit each other while they use uh, texting because they keep their heads down. So therefore, you, you go in one way, you go out the other way walking. So we still got a lot to learn. <laughs> Not sure that anybody would want us learning anything from the Chinese right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready? Yeah. I think we've got a special guest on the phone joining us. Father, you want to do the, the pleasure? Oh, yeah. Father Jim Sisko, dear friend. Uh, he's a full-time preacher, evangelist, and motivational speaker based in the Diocese of Lexington, Kentucky. In February of 2016, Pope Francis commissioned Father Jim as one of his papal missionaries of mercy, of which there are only a thousand in the world and a hundred in the United States. Before he became a priest, he performed as an opera singer. Since becoming a priest, he has made headlines of random acts of generosity and kindness, giving away thousands of dollars to people at grocery stores and on the street. He also has had the opportunity to meet and work with many celebrities and was honored by the U.S. Congress for his work. So, good friend and phenomenal priest and very interesting. He's not like Father Lynn, <laughs> but definitely Father Jim has taught me tremendously, especially in social media, a way to reach out people uh, in a unique way. So, thanks for Father Jim to be with us. Hello, everyone. Hey, Father Jim. <laughs> Hey, welcome. What a great way to spend Friday night. Yeah, we, we think it's a good way to do it. We've been doing it. This for, is great. <laughs> we've been doing uh, it for fact, a few weeks. Uh, let me tell you, not only uh, is this a highlight of my day, but just before I was able to call you, the 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 Kona ice truck uh, stopped outside my house in the neighborhood. So I ran out and got me a Kona ice. And so this is perfect. Hey, that's a treat. You have enough enough for all of us? Oh, we do yeah, have something I'm, special I'm sitting, here. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting in the I'm sitting in my backyard uh, eating Kona ice and uh trying to figure out, you know, when when we're all going to get back to back to getting back to doing what we're used to doing. Sound like a plan. Well, I cheer to you. We we have a, a special drink over here for you as well. Yeah, one of our what? Drink. drink, and it's under ice too. It's under ice. Oh, excellent, <laughs> excellent. Yeah, when we were coming will, up for I, the, go ahead, Jim. I will tell you this that, um, and, and I have never been, and I think Father Lynn can testify to this. I've never been a bourbon drinker at all. I have not, but um, I have. When all of this started. 
when all of this coronavirus started, uh, you know, many about a month ago or so, or more than that, um, I started doing what my dad used to do when, whenever he would get sick is he would take a shot of bourbon with honey. And so, um, I've just been, <laughs> I've been doing that every night before I go to bed and thanks be to God, I've been very well. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, I, I've gained 20 pounds, but I'm still very well, but, uh, you know. Well, Father Jim, we, we got the picture of you in your mask on an airplane. Can you can you just yes. tell us? A, there has to be a story behind that. Well, um, right after, right, what was very interesting is that everyone uh, was implementing things at very different stages. And in the middle of March, I was still out preaching. And I was in St. Louis, and they had no, I mean, our diocese had already, Bishop Stowe had already given out uh, directives on what we are to do at Mass, meaning to receive Eucharist this way and, and to make sure that we have hand sanitizer here, you know, things like this. So I went to St. Louis, and they had nothing. And I asked them, you know, what 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 is in place here and they had nothing in place and so the first three nights of the mission you know there's about 1100 people gathered and uh, i got you know a little concerned and when i was leaving there is when i got the mask to keep the mask on so um that's that's when i was wearing that mask i, li- I like the mask yeah, let me tell you that uh, there. I have a great, greater found respect for those in the medical profession who have worn these for years. Yeah, they're, my, they're my very, wife, my wife has to wear one all day, every day. She's in the medical field, and it gets to be a pain. They're after uncomfortable. A while. I don't see how you breathe in them. Very, very carefully, and you steam yes. up your glasses. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I've been putting them on backwards. Oh, is that right? Or, or no, sorry, upside down. Ah. You see, you have to find where the elastic is to bend around your nose. That's what I've learned. Well, I Am I that. correct? Well, you I haven't been wearing that? a mask, so I. <laughs> well, we better get prepared to wear the mask. I've That's got a mask. I've got a mask, but I just haven't been wearing it. So. Okay. It's game's on. So okay. when, when Father Lynn introduced you, he, he called you a papal missionary of mercy. For, for, for yes. those folks that are listening and watching uh, either recording or live, can you tell us a little bit about that? And Sure. So that happened about, uh, it was, I'm going on my fifth year soon uh, of, of that. And uh, you hear my hound dog in the oh, back. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Gracie Marie. Uh, so I, uh, the... I was I was named a, a papal missionary, and uh, now there's about 700 of us in the world. Um, there's still about 100 in the United States, and uh, we were commissioned exactly on Ash Wednesday, uh, about five years ago, in Rome with the Holy Father. And so um, we are called to do, uh, of course, it was only to be for one year, uh, the year of mercy. Um, but near the end of the year of mercy, the Holy Father saw the good work that was being done by the missionaries of mercy, and he chose a smaller group um, to 
elongate that indefinitely. And so I'm part of that group. And so we all each have our own charism. And, and so mine is kind of like traveling and preaching and uh, doing random acts of kindness. There are some who specialize in, in confessions and the sacrament of reconciliation. There are others who uh, do uh, retreats and uh, teach. And so each have their own, their own calling. And, and so uh, it gives us the freedom to do that. And what was very interesting was just um, in January, for the first time, um, all of the missionaries from the United States and Canada got together here in Lexington, and we met. Last time we were with the Holy Father, he encouraged us to meet regionally, meaning meaning the United States and Canada, uh, you know, Asia. So we were to meet uh, regionally, globally, um, and, and, and so we met here in Lexington and had very good uh, talks. There were about 60 of the hundred who showed up 50 to 60. And, um, you know, that, that's how it went. And, and, and it was a great experience. Now, how do you choose when you do your random acts? I, I know random is self-explanatory, but how do you exactly uh, pick which ones you're going to do? Is it just uh, something you see on the news or? Well, I, I think, first of all, I usually do not do it if I'm asked to do it. Meaning, if someone comes to me and says, I need this or I need that, it's it's not that I won't do it. It, it, it. It's more of I try to follow the workings of the Holy Spirit within me and the discernment and the prayer. Um, and so then I kind of move and 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 do it there there are some that i that become public and publicized but to be honest with you the majority of the random acts of kindness um are not known and are not are not shared um the ones that i do share are are more for um a way of evangelizing and the way of trying to teach through example. If we open up scripture, we're going to find in the Gospels that Jesus very rarely, if any time, did any type of miracle in secret. He, he always did these type of miracles in the public's eye on purpose to teach, to share, to show, to question, to test. And, and you know, I believe in the power uh, of of testimony through evangelization, through actions, you know. Um, and so those are some of the things um, that make up what I call through the method of, uh, of the missionary of mercy. And how are you financed? Is that through second collections <laughs> or some sort? No, no. I'm, I'm one of the things that I shared with the bishop when, when, this took place and and we talked about the ministry was I, I shared with the bishop that I wanted to do exactly what I had seen um, done from some of the Protestant missionaries and that is that they raise uh, the salary and living expense and insurance and all of that and so what I do is I through my speaking engagements and through people's generosity, um, each year, 
I raise the salary and that that every priest receives in the diocese. I raise my salary and living expenses and everything within the guidelines of the diocese. And then what's ever left over um, goes back to the diocese as well to further missions. So like last year, um, I covered all of the salary and living expense and insurance and then was able to give back uh, like $100,000 back to the diocese. Wow. And, and, and so um, this year is going to be a little bit more difficult because my last three months of, of the fiscal year is, you know, not so much. But so far, uh, I've covered all of my salary, living expense insurance, and plan to give back $40,000 to the diocese. And so that's still good. You know, that's still good. Absolutely. Yeah. So like today, today I was out in um, Owen, Owensville, Kentucky, and uh, with, with the Amish community and um, helping them with, with the, the, the tragedy that took place uh, out there with, with the, the four children, actually five children uh, being, being killed in, in that horrible accident. And, and so it was very unique as a missionary of mercy, as a, a Catholic priest, being out, uh, <laughs> being the only Catholic there amongst about two to 300 Amish you know, and um, just assuring them of our prayers and our support and what could we do to be and to assist them, you know. So, you know, that's the unique thing about uh, being a priest, being a missionary, being an evangelist, you know, in that aspect. Yeah, for me, the, 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 I'm glad Father Jim is on. Because many people can confuse because you know just because we are diocesan priest doesn't mean we all work in the same mode you know right that's uh, right there is uniqueness Father Jim contribute a unique style as evangelist and in, in the right way as a preacher and his random act of mercy and kindness is phenomenal you know he, he not gonna be work in a parish capacity like me. Um, but you know, I've been following him. His stuff is tremendously helpful, and support the diocese, support you know, carry that message of Christ out there through the lens of the church as a priest. So I, and, I have to say that, yeah. And and I appreciate I appreciate that because I I think the thing is is that at times people think that um, a diocesan priest. Um, is only a parish priest, and right. and though the majority of them are, there are those though that that do have um, a calling to to specialized ministry, and and I'm grateful to the bishop that he allows that to, to happen. So, do do you miss uh, parish life at all? Um, I miss aspects of, of parish life, to be honest. I, I miss the community aspect. I miss the aspect of, of weddings and funerals and baptisms and the sacraments. Um, I don't miss at times the, the headaches and the stress and the... Um, what the, stress? What's he talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> that, that's exactly right. I know. I'm sorry about that. Um, you know, like like, for instance... You know, during this time, 
you know, the the amount, the, the pressure that is put on the priests right now who are pastors, have schools and 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 are not able to have a congregation right now and have to find these creative ways to to minister that that and, and and to try to figure out where their income is going to all of that that to me is so so extremely stressful and and challenging that i don't know i have to be honest i don't know if i could could really handle that in that mode but um you know uh i i, I i've been seeing the the wonderful things that have been happening like i i've, I've seen you all online I, I i've seen father lynn with uh, on youtube and cooking uh these podcasts these are all great creative ways of evangelization and i hope they continue as 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 time goes on even when we get back to what may be a new normal, so to speak. Thanks you know? a lot, brother. I hope I've got after all this thing is done. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, I, no, no, no. I, I, I just am going to continue watching what you're, what you'll be cooking. So, <laughs> I think we, we, we kind of know what's next. We've, we've got a, we know the secret. There you go. Yes. All right. <laughs> yeah. So it's very good. You know, I do what I miss right now. What I miss is I miss for me the, the routine of, of, of traveling because usually I'm only in town uh, one or two days a week. Um, usually I'm, I leave on Saturday morning and I come back on uh, Wednesday evening, Thursday morning and, uh, and then just repeat that constantly. Uh, but of course, everything right now um, my, I'll, I'll re renew traveling hopefully um june 1st um we'll see if that actually happens or not yeah that i mean you have to go to rome right on june 1st i i'm i'm leaving for for italy on june 1st uh, yes well that'll and, be uh, uh, so exciting will, and nervous both at the same time i guess that that, that is correct uh so uh you know, it all depends. Though, if if they're they're right now, their airport is, is still closed and shut down. So, um, plus, we are not allowing anyone back into our country as of yet either from from Europe. So, most of the airlines have have kind of stopped that service. So, um, we'll just have to wait and see. And Father Jim, you're you're not from Lexington, correct? No, originally from, uh, I was born in Pittsburgh, grew up in uh, Texas, um, and then on to Kentucky. So I've been here, let's see, I will mark my 23rd year of ordination on May 23rd. So uh, so I, even though I'm not from here, this is this really is home, and, and very much uh, I, I find this as such a beautiful place to be. So did your priestly ministry bring you to Kentucky? Is that what, what yeah. got you here? Well, actually, I, I, I came here as a seminarian from another diocese and uh, worked here for two years uh, to see if this is the area and that there was uh, a proper fit. And through the grace of God and through, uh, at that time, it was Father Bill Brown, who was the vocation director, and Bishop Williams. Um, you know, I, I, be, I finished my seminary studies here and then was ordained, uh, in 1998. When, um, when were you ordained? 97. Yeah. So you were a year after Father Lynn then? He was a year before. Or, 
Okay. Now I didn't know well, until. Just, was it just a year, Glenn? Just a year. Glenn? Yes. Okay. Okay. Now I didn't know Be- until I read this bio that you was an opera singer. Was that uh, an occupation? <laughs> occupation or just a hobby? You know. No, no, no. I, I did do that. At, I mean, that was where my undergraduate schooling was in. Um, but I always knew that I felt called to ministry. That that was never new. Um, it was just finding um, the right place and the and, and the right way. And and again, just amazing how God God works. You know, I'm I, I would have never thought that I would be doing what I'm doing, meaning traveling the world as an evangelizer and preacher, um, never ever did I think that would actually come to fruition. And it, and it did. And it just once again shows you that our ways are not always, are not God's ways. And, you know, uh, we have to be patient just as God is patient with us. Which, which leads me to one of my favorite questions to, a- to ask is, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> What did you want to be when when you were young? What did you want to do when you grew up? <laughs> oh, yeah, that being a priest. I used to play. You know, I used to. I used to. I used to celebrate mass every day as a second and third grader in my house, and I was ecstatic when Pringles came out because they broke <laughs> like the large clothes. No, I'm serious. I mean, I really. When Pringles came out, I used to take a whole can and use them as, as communion, and and uh, it was it was I would celebrate mass in the uh, den uh, at the cocktail table, and my um, dog Sheba would be the parishioner, you know, and and, and that's what I would do. Was and mama was it. mama approved that? Yeah, well, mother did approve that, and and she, you know, she's the one that what what she's the one who got me these little vestments and things like that that I would wear and and celebrate. Man, it was great. It was fun. And and your mom was obviously a, a huge part of your life. Um, oh, as my parent, both of my parents were. My father died when I was uh, eighteen, so you know uh, that was very traumatic. But then. Uh, he died very suddenly of a heart attack, but then um, my mother continued to be the matriarch of the family and, and very much uh, continued on the aspect of, of parenting. Uh, I'm the youngest of five, so, you know, she she uh, kept after us and continued to mold us and all that. I just want to know, back getting back to the Pringles, I want to make sure you. I want to make sure you use the original flavored Pringles because you're not allowed to add anything, right, to the host. That's right. You know, I, at, not the, you not the sour at, cream and the barbecue. That's right. right. You, you got to remember, at at that time, they only had original. You know, they didn't yeah. have all the the different flavors that they have now. You know, and then they they surely didn't have the ridge ones that they have now. You know, I I've always been just a, an original Pringle person. <laughs> when when, you, when did you actually learn the- that is invalid? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I'm going to go back to your mom because uh, just yeah. this past week, uh, because you were had a little giveaway, I actually purchased yeah. uh, five bottles of your mom's sauce. Oh, thank you for that. And uh, we thank had it uh, at the house, and it was it was amazing. 
But uh, oh, thank you. Tell tell us a little bit about that ministry because that's a ministry yeah, as well, correct? That is that is. So what was very interesting was when when my mother died. Um, in her will, she left each of the children only one thing. Okay, only one thing. Each child got one thing. Everything else was to be given to charity uh, or the Catholic church, et cetera, et cetera. So my one thing that I got was her sauce recipe. And uh, so my mother was known for her meals and her cooking and everything. And, and so for her, before her 90th birthday, she died. And I wanted to do something special for her 90th birthday for my brothers and sisters and her lady friends. So I, um, I contacted friends of mine and said I wanted to bottle the sauce. Her sauce is all natural and everything, no sugar and all of this. And um, they, the people that I worked with tested it and tasted it. And they were like, you need to make more. How many bottles do you want to make? And I said I wanted to make 40. And they were saying, now you got to make like 5,000 bottles. And I'm like, 5,000 bottles? <laughs> what, what are we going to do with that? And they said, well, why don't you sell it and market it? And I said, well, if we're going to sell it and market it, then um, I want it to go to some good charities. And so what we decided to do was that half of the proceeds would go to Southeast Texas Hospice, which, by the way, is one of the first of 10 hospices in the United States. It was the first hospice in the state of Texas, and it was founded by a Catholic priest, Father Manger. And I said the other half would go to the Diocese of Lexington for the bishop's annual appeal. So, I mean, we've already sold over 50,000 bottles of sauce. It's, it's in Kroger's. It's been picked up, you know, by all different places, uh, Whole Foods. And it's also going, I'm um, working right now with Costco on it. Um, so it, it's, it's been, it's a great, it, it's fantastic seller. Did, and did you say 50,000 bottles? You, yes. 50,000? Yep. Yes. Wow. So, so you're, you, you didn't dream big enough, I guess is what the, uh, the moral of that story is. Excuse me. What did you say? You didn't dream big enough at the beginning. You're, That's you're, right. That's right. So, wow. so here, here's the thing, you know, when, when I'm out traveling, um, I bring it, it, it is brought to every location I go. And, and so we usually sell 42 cases, um, a week, a weekend, 42 cases a weekend. Um, and there are, you know, if, if you start doing the math with 12 bottles in a case, um, every weekend, uh, you know, I just today um, gave Bishop uh, John uh, the final payment for this fiscal year we raised for this year. We raised $13,000 for the diocese and $13,000 for hospice, which was $26,000. And next year we're moving it up to 30000 So um, it, it's just a continued thing of giving, giving away and doing the best that we can do. Yeah. We're seeing some comments on Facebook that, uh, it's great sauce. And, and I agree. Um, 
I'm going to be buying some more. I, initially, I bought, I'll, I'll be honest, I bought because I was hoping to get that bottle of Weller. A Weller, 12-year Weller. Yeah, I'm a bourbon collector, so anytime I, oh, I get a shot, you? yes, anytime I get a shot at something, I, I take a shot at it. But uh, we'll be buying more because so, it, it was really good. Uh, thank you. Hey, Father you know, they Jim. Sell it, yes, yes. Hey, where, 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 is, where are all the locations that you sell this product? At least our people need to know that maybe. Right, so we... Right. We sell at Benedictus. We sell at all of the Chef Wieda's places. We sell at the Mousetrap in Lexington. Um, we sell, uh, you know, there, um, uh, there's Windy Corner Market. There is Kroger's and all of the Kroger's uh, sell it. Um, you have to look in the, um, uh, the Kentucky Proud section, um, the Mousetrap. Um, a lot of the restaurants use it now, uh, Heirloom, um, Chef Jeremy at Azure, Malone's use it uh, on different specials. So it, it is really, and you can always get it online as well. Is the Amazon part of that? Excuse me? Amazon. Do you know what? We're working right now with um, Costco. Okay. And all, but, but I want to say Whole Foods carries it here in Lexington and Louisville and they are with Amazon. And so they're trying to work it out where we can get it onto Amazon. Sounds good. And you can order it. If I've got your, your website yeah. up there, fatherjims.com. Yeah. You can yeah. go there and click over and that's, that's the way I ordered it came pretty quick yes. too. So yeah, it does. It does. And, and it's also, it helps out other local businesses because the business that manufactures it is in Louisville and that's a small town, a small business. And then also uh, it is shipped from Box Stop, which is located in the Lansdowne Shopping Center. They handle all the ordering and the wrapping and everything. So it's great. And it helps other businesses. So, Father Jim, what kind of questions you got for us? <laughs> so 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 um now where where are you all where are you all physically at at this time if i'm i'm in i'm in outside of richmond where where are you all right now well we locate right now at uh, our new future location for francis and john paris is at cardone oh very nice yes yes, yes. cardone is i'm sure you probably know that already but other people might not know is a is a uh, an old convent located in right. Scott County, uh huh, and we effectively did a transaction with the city, and we did purchase it right before the pandemic. So it's ours, and that's our future. Right. And that's fantastic, and it's a, a beautiful, beautiful historic location. Yeah, and for and, the people and, that are watching, uh, we're actually in Building One. Uh, okay. And on, on the second floor. So if you look behind us, you can see some trees out some of the windows and you can see other parts of the building. So we've taken a room here and we're, we are in the process of transforming it into hopefully a permanent location for, for our studio. We're going to have a studio. Oh, here, very so. nice. Very nice. And so in order for you all to have drinks, there must be a bar located near there or what? No, <laughs> eventually, <laughs> eventually. Oh, great. The, the bar, the bar looks a whole lot like a cooler. <laughs> okay. That's what I was wondering. Well, it's very interesting, you know, um, tomorrow actually, and I thought father Lynn would be very interested in this is tomorrow. Uh, people from my uh, town where I grew up in, 
in Orange, Texas, which is right next to the Sabine River, uh, are shipping me 20 pounds of live crawfish. Um, and uh, so those are coming in the mail tomorrow. Uh, what I'm going to do with 20 pounds of live crawfish, I have no idea. Just but give still, it to me. I'll take uh, care of it for you. It'll be a cooking episode. Maybe you could guest uh, make a guest appearance on one of the cooking shows. Let me tell you what, you don't want me on any cooking show. I just tell you that right now. Well, I'm sure he, he can, uh, you know, Lynn's a pretty good delegator. He could, you know, give you a good assignment, I'm sure. Yeah, that's right. Gosh. You could sing the intro to the show. There you go. No, we're excited. Very good. And Father Jim, we're excited that you were able to join us tonight. Um, yeah, and I appreciate the invite very much so. And I, I wish you all the best and continue to pray for you all. You continue to pray for me and uh, continue to take care of Father Lynn and continue to uh, bless him as he blesses you all. Well, we appreciate those kind words. And, uh, you know, as, as life goes on and we get back to normal, maybe we'll actually have you back on the show and maybe live in the studio. I would love that, to be honest with you. That would be fantastic. Well, we appreciate your prayers, and we thank you very much for joining us. And uh, safe travels when you get back up out on the road. guys. Thank you, Father. Thanks so much. God bless, brother. Bye, Lynn. Bye-bye, Father. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Well, there you go. Our first uh, remote guest. So what did y'all think about that? I learned a lot. I'll be honest with you. I learned a lot. Because I, I, I didn't realize, you know, the intricacies and, and I guess really how he was operating. And so I think that, you know, that, that answered a lot of my questions. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of unique ministry. Oftentimes, we are so honed into one style of ministry, uh, especially now it's tough. And, and we are so limited with priests that the specific ministry, we have priests right now in our diocese. Uh, ordained and they are chaplain in a hospital, uh, prison. Um, we used to have one in military. Um, so, you know, they, they're not specialized like parish priests, but they do that. You know, we have guys that deal with purely in canon law, uh, lawyers, in canon lawyers, and that's what they do. Um, other dioceses have a similar concept. Like I said, not everybody can handle being a parish priest. <laughs> Well, and one of the uh, one of the questions that we had last week that kind of ties into this is, uh, how did Father Lynn decide what order of the priesthood to join? And I th- I think a lot of folks maybe are confused, even with in Father Jim's in his role. Obviously, he is a diocesan priest. You're a diocesan priest, so you don't actually have an order. So, can you maybe explain a little bit to help folks understand that the the different I'm going to say the different types of priests. You're all priests. You're all ordained the same way. But how you operate, and Bishop John, I guess, is another good example of that. Well, the, the difference between the religious priest and the diocesan priest, the diocesan is, is under the supervision of a bishop, a local, uh, a local ordinary for us, Diocese of Lexington. Uh, in state of Kentucky, we have four dioceses, Louisville, Owensboro, Covington, and Lexington. Religious priest is conformed to a, an order of mainly reflect upon the ethos of a certain saint, like Bishop John. He's a Franciscan, but he is a conventional Franciscan. 
different than the third order Franciscan. Okay, unique. There is certain ethos. So for them to follow a super, you know, a superior that guide them through. But for me, as diocesan priest, I am under supervision of a bishop, obedient to the bishop. You know, when I was in the seminary, I was trained by Benedictine at St. Myron, Indiana. And there was a time I was very contemplating to become a Benedictine because of their charism, their simplicity, uh, their high education, uh, nobility. But yet one thing I can't handle is behind live behind the four walls. So <laughs> I, I understand say, that. I, I can't handle that. So I say I have to be a diocesan priest. Great place to visit. Great, great to visit, to retreat, but not to stay. You know? I mean, that, that takes a special person. And there's, a, I mean, you know, Dallas and I did a lot of our formation up there. I've about this close to finishing my master's there, just uh, like a final exercise. And I love going up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, peaceful. The, yeah, it, it is. And, and everybody, the brothers and the priests that are up there, because some of, some of the brothers are priests, some of them aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, great people, but it, it's a different way of life. Very different. So, you know, like, so the Austin priests, they, sometimes they call it the priest of the world. And religious priests, the priests from within the certain order, you know. Um, so that that's a different. But in the diocese, in, in the diocese, we can borrow from an order. Like if if we're in need, we can ask somebody from an order to come help for a while. Correct. You know, diocese and religious priests, they all they all as just like Father Jim is some type of missionary. Like uh, we have Jesuit in our diocese. Um, they help in teaching and that perspective. We used to have Franciscan. Um, the, we had the unique ministry, the, um, uh, what's that father, John Rouse, who just, pa- just passed away is, um, the Glen Mary, Glen Mary missionary. And we have, uh, father Steve or, uh, father Frank Sherry at, uh, yes, Taylor Sherry. Manor, who's a father of mercy. Father of mercy. Okay. So, so there's some charism, like religious sister too. They, right. they have a certain charism in teaching. Charism in hospital mission, uh, charism. So the different type of charism that can apply because some of them end up in in, in diocese of Lexington because we are missionary dioceses. Um, and that's kind of like the the sisters and the nuns. They're typically they have to have a mother house, correct? Yes. They there's not such a thing as a diocesan sister. No, we do have a consecrated virgin. Okay, um, that followed the obedience to the bishop and the bishop consecrated. I think in our diocese we might have. Three or four okay. consecrated virgins that live in the the the, the charism of of, uh, of chastity and and um, celibate, but follow the order for the bishop that he guide them through the living of the witness of their their, their faith and their calling too. Yes. Great, uh, great segue. Great question there from Linda Barry, one of our most avid listeners. I like questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions, folks. That's what keeps us going here. And yeah, even after we sign off, I mean, send them in, send them in to uh, Deacon Tim or uh, St. Francis somehow through an email. Well, St. Francis and John. You can send uh, Dallas Kelly. There's his email or right there. Email. There's uh, dkelly at cdlex.org. <clears throat> Or you can and send it to me at tstout at cdlex.org. And don't send it to me. And <laughs> he'll just forward it. <laughs> I think he has, his father has like six emails. And 
the one that's that gets the response is secret probably right? in some way i am a guest in here right it, it's a it's a deacon doctrine right well, well no <laughs> we covered that the first three shows you are also a deacon, a deacon. right <laughs> with a twist but if you want to delegate all the questions to us we'll be more than happy to definitely to, to take those so um <clears throat> did you have any other questions from listening no, i didn't get it did not get any this week and uh, are we we seeing anything on the comments, Steve? No questions. All right. Uh, so with with no further questions, I'd like to just go ahead and talk about the saint of the day. Uh, we didn't have a mass today, right? Mm-mm. But uh, today is the feast of Saint Joseph the Worker. The worker. Uh, one of the things that I learned about that is Saint Joseph is one of only, I think, three people that has multiple feast days. Does that, mm-hmm. that sound right? Yes. I can't name who they are. Does Dallas know? Mary. Mary. Mary's one. Mary's one. <laughs> and Jesus. And Jesus. And then St. Joseph. So The Holy Family. There you go. But St. Joseph the Worker is uh, the ones that run. Oh, um, it's in my notes. Y'all didn't read my show notes here. Uh, besides the Virgin Mary, there are just two saints who have more than one feast day dedicated to their honor. St. John the Baptist and St. Joseph. I'm assuming they're not counting Jesus. Well, he got beheaded. That's considered a celebration. <laughs> I guess so. So Pope Pius <clears throat> instituted this feast in 1955. Really, St. Joseph the Worker was it was implemented at a time when communism was rampant throughout the world. So um, and lots of different prayers to St. Joseph. We obviously pray a uh, prayer to St. Joseph at the after um, we used to say it, right? Well, we, we used, used to, say, to yes. kind of went away. And then I, I, I printed out... Uh, and they run Taylor Manor, St. Joseph here. We're mm-hmm. Father Sister St. Joseph. St. Joseph the Oregon. Oh, well, there you go. So the prayer that's here is a little bit different than the one we pray we prayed previously. Uh, some some folks didn't like that prayer. Yeah, that's a happy death. Yeah, happy death. That's no. my favorite prayer. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody wants to think about a happy death. I'm off. I'm all for it. When it's time, it's time, right? It's time, it's time. That's kind of the way I view the the pandemic. Um, and when it's time, it's time. So, any final thoughts? No, I do. Uh, today, very special. Okay. Uh, besides Saint Joseph, the worker is also the USCCB, the Bishop of the United States, um, consecrate this co- this country right. to our Virgin Mary. But, you know, it's very important. And there was a a prayer that invite everybody to join in to pray with them uh, in a special way. You know, I, I think it's very important. I think that was on, uh, was it on the Facebook page or the website? If not, we'll get it up there because yeah. it was, it was a, it was a good, it was a good prayer. Yeah, yeah. It was a great prayer. And I think Pope Francis has been very, very active lately. He also added a couple, two more uh, prayer, right? Two more prayers. Two more prayers. I, actually, I printed those out here. Two prayers. Can you read the, that? That's a lot. Um, Short one. <laughs> the short one. So this this is the prayer. I don't know if that printed out correctly. They're they're prayers at the to use as part of the rosary. Rosary, right? Yes. Um, now it's cut off on this one. Let's see what this one says. Prayer, Pope Francis's prayer to Virgin Mary for protection from coronavirus. It's really long. It's really long, and I don't have my glasses, so I will, I will, I will put, uh, I'll put it up in the comments, and then uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put it in the comments there. Uh, but you can Google it as well. Uh, so he's he's been, I think, prolific writer 
at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, we see the pictures of him alone in St. Peter's Square, and hey, you know, that's I guess it's one of the good things that can come out of this. You know, we no longer have an excuse that we don't have enough time to do things. Exactly. Right. So your golf game has got to be on fire. Well, it's still too busy making videos. <laughs> <laughs> now we do have we do have people out there still working. So uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they they their time hasn't gone away. No. Or the, her time. Free time hasn't. It, it's these are these are interesting times, but you know, the 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 message I think from Pope Francis is that there's the way through this this is through prayer. Exactly. You know? And uh we can't forget that. And we can't forget the the essential workers, right? Because there's a lot of those folks that are out there um uh, that are experiencing their jobs in a new way mm-hmm. and everybody else is kind of, you know, I won't say in a state of rest, but it's a, it's a different, it's a different way of, of living. Right. And I, I think the essential workers are kind of like, what the heck, <laughs> you know, your wife's one of them, right? She's still yeah. working still on working. the medical side. Uh, Steve's wife's still working. Right. Um, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a new, a new normal that we're experiencing mm-hmm. obviously. So, so yeah, so Google, Google those, uh, Google those prayers, uh, and let's see. I think that's it. Unless, you, oh, was well, your mom's birthday? Yeah, today mom's birthday, and uh, just have a have a phone call to her. I uh, finally called dad because mom won't talk to me because she she afraid to talk on the phone. Uh, afraid to, to talk on the phone to you, or just afraid to talk on the phone? Mainly to me. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> She have a hearing pro situation, so anywho, I, I sent him a cupcake to her and asked Dad, "Did they deliver it?" And he said, "Well, not yet." So after we hung up, he called back and said, "Yeah, they did deliver it in front door, and they rung the doorbell and nobody heard." <laughs> and that's, now, that's, now it's <laughs> melted on the front. <laughs> well, thank God, Texas still cool, not that's, hot yet. That's what they call contactless delivery. <laughs> so, well, we hope we hope everybody had a you know, had a good experience with, with learning a little bit more about father Jim. I, th- I think it was like, I said, it was good for us. Um, we've got some good things happening. We're planning over the next few weeks. Uh, next week, uh, we'll check in with Deacon John and Claudia to see how they're doing. Uh, Deacon John's been in and out of the hospital more times than I can count. Uh, but they're back home now and want to see how they're doing during the pandemic and give them the opportunity to say hi to all their parishioners. Um, we'll also be answering some user submitted questions as time allows over the next few weeks. So please, we encourage you to email us, uh, questions and comments in two weeks. Uh, we're really excited about this. Uh, we'll have a, a gentleman, Rocco. How would you say that? Palmo? Palmo. Palmo. He's an Italian out of Philadelphia. Rocco is the man behind the blog whispers in the logia, or as I like to call him, the church whisperer. <laughs> if you haven't heard of it or you haven't read it, you should be. Uh, just Google whispers in the logia. This guy, he is well connected in the church. He breaks stories before they happen. So like if there's going to be a new bishop announced, you know, Tuesday of next week, he announces it before anybody else knows it. Uh, super guy been doing, doing what he's been doing for, for 12 years uh, he's agreed to to be on the podcast, and uh, he's going to join us hopefully through video, live video. Uh, so we're excited about that, and we hope that uh, you guys will tune in for that as well. 
And as always, make sure you hit the like button on Facebook. That helps us out. You might think, how does that help us out? It helps us out. It lets us know that we're doing what you want us to be doing. Uh, so if you're watching on YouTube or listening to a podcast on iTunes or Spotify, make sure you hit subscribe. But most important, tell your friends to give us a listen. Spread the word about this show. Uh, comments are not only necessary, but they're encouraged. So help us spread the faith in the best way we know how. Amen. 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 And so, uh, Father Lynn, it's, it's your turn for the blessing. Well, good. Yeah. Well, gracious God, we give you thanks for this wonderful occasion as we continue to evangelize the good news through this podcast. Give us a chance to really celebrate our faith, especially during the difficult time pandemic. We ask you to help us, a first responder, doctor, nurse, and scientist, to try to resolve this issue. Be with those families, those who are victims of this coronavirus, uh, the uncomfortableness of life that surrounds us, that we may surrender that peace to you, that, that you may guide us with great hope, that we may truly one day celebrate with great thanks for your generosity. And we, through the intercession of the Virgin Mary and St. Joseph, give us the patience, the willingness to endure, and for the glory of your name, we ask to Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And Amen. may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for the blessing. Until next week, I'm Deacon Tim. I'm Deacon Dallas. I'm Father Lynn. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Let's hear some of that good exit music. <laughs>